Corporate wellness programs are very common now, but how effective are they? Many people talk about what their companies offer, but when you dig in, many of these programs are underutilized. The reasons, and they vary, include the programs don't fit the demographics of the organization, there is a lack of awareness of what the company offers, or there's a lack of accessibility to the programs. I recently met a consultant who had a fresh take on corporate wellness, and I asked her to have a conversation with me to give you the opportunity to think about your own company wellness programs, if your company offers one, and if it's meeting the needs of the entire organization, especially yours. Let me introduce you to Ton Williams. A renowned leader in the wellness space, Ton Williams is a wellness consultant, a speaker, and a leadership development expert. She currently functions as the CEO and Head Holistic Experience Curator at the House of Anaya, a platform she founded to help people access tools for wellness. One of only a handful of women of color in the corporate wellness consulting space, Tan holds over 20 years of industry experience, having worked with international leadership teams at Intel, Avnet, and BRP. Tan uses her unique lens and extensive background to help design corporate and individual wellness plans that feel holistic, personal, and inclusive. And in this episode, Tan and I discuss why, despite corporate wellness programs being a $53 billion industry, burnout and stress continue to be at an all-time high how well-thought-out wellness initiatives folded into the culture give companies a strategic advantage in today's competitive recruiting landscape, how effective wellness programs take into account not only physical and mental health, but emotional, social, financial, and spiritual well-being as well. We also talk about Anaya Wellness's upcoming Impact Leadership Summit and Retreat. So stay tuned. We've got that coming up. But before we go there, if you are new to the Women Taking the Lead podcast, hello and welcome. I'm Jody Flynn, the CEO and founder of Women Taking the Lead, a leadership development company that helps companies achieve gender parity at all levels of leadership and in all divisions of an organization. We help organizations realize these results through coaching, consulting, leadership development programs, and keynotes. My goal is for this podcast to be a valuable resource for you and others in your organization to grow in your leadership. If we are not already connected on LinkedIn, please send me an invitation to connect. You can find me directly at linkedin.com forward slash IN forward slash Jody Flynn, or you can search on the platform for Jody Flynn. I'm very active on LinkedIn, so I should be at or near the top of the search results. Be sure to add a note to the invitation, letting me know you're a listener of the podcast. I would love to connect with you and get to know you better. Now, let's bring on Ton. Welcome to the Women Taking the Lead podcast, Ton. Hi, thank you so much for having me. 
I am thrilled to have you here. We're going to have a really great conversation. But before we dive into that, everyone's gotten a little bit of an introduction to you from the professional lens. If you don't mind, share with everyone something personal about yourself and what you have going on in the world. I would love to do that. So we are um, in the process of planning a wedding. I recently got engaged. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Thank you. So that's taking up a lot of my mental space, I, I feel like, <laughs> these days. Um, but I am really excited about that. Um, my fiance also owns a coffee company. So we just opened our second location. And I've been doing my best to uh, help with that as well. So I have a sidebar and kind of a fun hobby in coffee as well. So that's kind of what's new and going on with me outside of, you know, the general things that we do over here. Well, I'm a big fan of love and coffee all at the same Mm -hmm. time. So it is a joy to be chatting with you. And so no surprise, part of the reason why I wanted to bring you on to the Women Taking the Lead podcast was to have a conversation around corporate wellness programs. We're hearing a lot about them, but there was something about the way that you design and deliver wellness programs that definitely aligned with my perspective. But let's start here. The corporate wellness industry is a $53 billion industry. Let me say that again. $53 billion are spent every year on corporate wellness. And yet the emerging topics that we keep talking about are burnout and stress. Can you give everyone some insights as to why we are talking about this when so much money is being thrown at corporate wellness? So that is a very good question. I would say that corporations tend to be really well-intended in their benefits packages and offerings surrounding wellness. However, where they fall short is that oftentimes they're offered, but people aren't always shown how and where these things exist. And moreover, they're not really shown how to implement them into their everyday lives. And so by doing that, the wellness topic or wellness initiatives or offerings become a big daunting task that then people have to educate themselves on and then find the time for it. And so this is why we see a lot of burnout because every day we're being inundated with information. There's a lot of bad news out there, right? And so when we're being inundated with this information and you have a really beautiful tool that people can utilize, If they're kind of left to their own devices to go and find out how they're supposed to utilize this, it becomes one more thing on the to-do list. And then as you know, one more thing on the to-do list often means that it doesn't get done. And so I think that's why we're seeing a lot of burnout because we take this really big topic and we remain keeping it big and oftentimes make it bigger when wellness at its core is really meant to be implemented every single day in very small and easy to digest ways. And I think that's why we're seeing that. There's a big myth out there that wellness is a heavy, time-consuming process, but you can actually achieve a lot in very small doses every day. There are two things I want to talk about here. So I know, and uh, we're going to get to this in a second. I know you have a strategy for how to bake in wellness right into the culture so that it makes it easier. But before we go there, I just have to share like 
as you were talking about this, where like these great programs are rolled out, but it's not always easy for the employees to utilize them. My fiance actually had an experience where part of their wellness program was you got a Fitbit and you just hooked it up to the school system. And then every time you went to the gym, you could log your Fitbit on the machine and there was a a scanner, all this stuff, yada, 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 yada. So sounded great. Then you earn points and everything's tracked and all of that. He could not get the Fitbit to sync with the school system. So it wasn't registering and nobody who was in charge of the wellness program at the school could help them. They were like, oh yeah, we don't know how to do that. We don't know how to troubleshoot that. You're going to have to call this number. You're going to have to do this thing. And so he was like, so frustrated because the last thing he wants to get on the phone to do is, you know, get on the phone with a, a help desk because you know, that can take that that could Absolutely. be an endless black hole. So, yep, case in point, right off the bat, when you said that, I was like, yep, 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 we have mm-hmm. that going on right in my own household. Great <laughs> idea, fabulous idea, really hard to execute, and at least mm-hmm. initially. So, so tell yes. us about how you make it easier for organizations to just make wellness part of their culture and their everyday. Yeah, so usually I really love the methodology of like mind, body, and spirit, right? And so when we kind of go by that guiding principle of either three of those things and then keep it into a small container, then it really kind of gives you a pathway for what we need to do and how we can implement them in small ways. And what I mean by that is, let's say for our body, and during the corporate you know, environment, we usually sit a lot at our desks, we're moving at a really fast pace. And then we sit, we work at our computer, we've all heard ergonomics, all of that, all of that stuff. Maybe a small wellness thing would be implementing a stretch routine, right? We've seen a lot of these prompts, but what if your phone went off or your computer set a reminder, right? And you just simply did a really quick stretch. Um, Sometimes just sitting on the floor and grounding is a really great exercise as well. So that's another small thing. So if somebody has a meditation room, sometimes just sitting and adjusting our body and tuning in. And then going with that mind and that spirit is really about being mindful of who, who am I right now in my role but also as an individual, right? And having thought-provoking exercises that say, what feels good to me today? What feels fulfilling right now? What could be lacking, right? And just writing that down. You don't have to do anything about it, but keep a log of that because then after a a while, you'll begin to see the trends in what feels like a disruptor and what feels like flow, right? If you will. And so when you be able to, when you're able to see those, you can implement more of the things that feel like flow and maybe adjust a little bit of the things that feel like disruption. And then for the spirit, it, it really ties in so well with mindfulness, but in spirit, it's really about being and understanding that we are part of a whole. And in the corporate structure, maybe that looks a lot like being part of a team, part of a corporate environment, part of whatever you, however you want to envision it. But when we understand so much that we are part of a whole, we begin to realize that we're really um, important to the environment around us because the talents, the um, things that we uniquely bring to what we are doing and what we love to do and what we're passionate about, in eventually just begin to affect the overall environment. 
And so spirit doesn't have to be a meditative practice. It doesn't have to be breath work. It's always great when you can incorporate those things. However, really spirit is who am I and how am I affecting the environment around me? How am I moving as part of the whole? And that's kind of what also like somatic awareness is, right? It's about our being in our bodies, but understanding that we are all part of the collective. And so some of those very small tactics um, around visualization for mindfulness, around sound baths, um, you know, meditative things. But when when you combine that mind, body, and spirit, when you begin to get into alignment with it, we find that things like your um, your role, your title, your job description don't matter. You begin to become and bring in that human, that personal aspect, that ton, that Jody, into that workplace. And ultimately what happens is that magnetizes the corporate space, your groups, all of that energy flows in a really positive and impactful way. And I would say almost effortlessly. So it just takes very small things to do. I have a thousand different ideas um, on how to do that. <laughs> but I always tell people start there because if you can start small and, and um, consumable pieces, then what begins to happen is you create a ripple effect. And then that then eventually turns out into bigger initiatives, bigger plans. And then you begin to see an impact in um, corporate culture. So. Yes, that definitely resonates with me. I have a client who has a sign right on the wall across from the doorway coming into the building that says, be mindful of the energy you bring into this space, Mm. right? When you talked about spirit, like that's what we're talking about. Like how, you know, how you present yourself, how you show up impacts other people. Like you're not, Mm -hmm. you're not an island in in and of yourself, only impacting yourself. What, how you come to work has an impact on the people um, in the environment. And if you're in leadership and in, in authority, you can now consider your impact increased automatically because people will be watching like, what's your mood today? How, like, how are you going on? Cause they're going to like modulate their, how, what they do that day based on what mood they think you are in that day. And when you said, I have a thousand ideas, I'm like, I get it. You know, every company is a little bit different, right? We, we, you know, there are some things that because we're all human beings, it's going to be the same across the board, but we all have different preferences. Companies have different dynamics going on. So there's also that customized approach that you want to bring to every organization to make sure the solution you're providing aligns with their values and their company culture and the needs that they have as an organization. Do you have a challenge to share and would be willing to share with others? There's so much that can be gained by listening to what another woman is going through and to understanding the strategy that she will implement to overcome the challenge. I've seen this in the group that is currently going through the Positive Intelligence Program. One woman shares a particular struggle she's having, and at least two others, if not all of the other women in the group, acknowledge they have had or currently have the same challenge. It's validating for all and beneficial to talk about the approaches that have been tried and which help the situation. 
For this reason, I would love to do more on-air coaching calls on this podcast. If you're a woman leader who's been promoted or taken on a new role in the last year, I invite you to apply to be on the Women Taking the Lead podcast. You will be completely anonymous, so you won't need to worry about anyone you work with listening to you talk about your challenges. You will gain insights and strategies to overcome any challenges you've been faced with at work. And the other women listening to your episode will learn from your experience and gain insights that they can use at work. You can find the link that will take you to the application in the episode description in your podcast app, or if you're listening on the Women Taking the Lead website, it will be at the bottom of the episode page. If you've been considering, I say, do it. Submit the application. You and I can chat. At the very least, you will have explored the opportunity. Now, I know you also um, tie in a wellness program to recruiting initiatives. How does that work? Um, So recruiting and, and the wellness aspect is really about developing, like you said it perfectly, every company is different, right? And so they might have different goals around wellness and employee well-being and employee engagement, all of that stuff. But um, how you tie it in is how you want to be known for that culture, how you want to be known for how you show up for your employees. And that is a direct result of, um, or it can be a direct result of how we initiate or implement our wellness programming. And what I mean by that is we're seeing with this newer generation of um, like recent college graduates and, you know, maybe your 25 to 35 age range, they are demanding that personal space, personal time, personal balance is incorporated into their job roles. So that can show up in different ways, like being able to work from home when they would like to, being able to have unlimited PTO, whether we want to label it that way or not, that is a wellness benefit, right? Because it's saying, take the time that you need, be in an environment that feels comfortable to you. That is an aspect of wellness. But it also helps us indicate or it really dictates where those employees, those really talented employees that we're trying to get into the market go. So we're we're seeing a real difference between companies that do not have any wellness offerings, right, or very minimal, or they don't talk about it, or they don't implement it as part of the culture, right, cannot stress that enough. It can't be just a thing on paper that we talk about as part of the culture. This is what really sets us apart from the competition, because the more you integrate that into your culture, the more you talk about that, the more you allow people to show up as they are and feel supported, dare I say, connected and um, in a compassionate workplace. I dream about that's one of my dreams, right? But a compassionate and connected workplace always equates to gathering, um, uh, gathering and retaining high level, really impactful talent. And so this is no longer, I would say, an option for most companies. If they want to gather that talent, if they want to keep that talent, having a wellness initiative that says we care about you as a person is an absolute must that will show up in recruitment strategies 100%. Um, I mean, I would say it's it's a night and day difference. <laughs> I've seen it. If you don't have anything, people go, hmm but this company has unlimited PTO and they have wellness sessions. And as soon as people hear that, they go, Oh, okay. 
I want to go in a place where we can do breath work together, or I can take a mental break and that's not going to seem weird. And I'm not going to get dinged for that. I mean, who wouldn't love that? Right. So it's pretty, it's pretty clear when we look at it. Absolutely. And I just pulled up um, this, a study, some stats that I love sharing um, that completely back up everything that you're saying. So in um, 2022, McKinsey and Company in October um, released their Women in the Workplace study. And what they found, um, now they survey thousands of women all over the globe. 68% of women under 30 said they would be more interested in advancing if senior leaders displayed the work-life balance that they want, right? Mm -hmm. That's internal within an organization. Like younger women are looking at women who are in senior leadership to, to decide, hmm, do they have the lifestyle that I want to live? Do they have work-life balance? Are they practicing and modeling boundaries and having time for a personal life? So it makes perfect sense that if they're not finding it in their own organization, because in this study, it also, you know, to remind everyone, this hasn't gone away, but this was also the study that identified that a huge percent of women were planning on leaving their organizations within the next five years, right? They were staying put for now, but they were already making plans to leave. When they look at the next organization that they want to be a part of, they're going to be looking for that ahead of time right? You're not going to go from an organization that doesn't have good work-life balance and then immediately find yourself in another organization that doesn't have work-life balance. If you're leaving because of that, you're looking for it in the next yeah. place. So that makes perfect sense in a company that promotes their um, programs, um, on their website, when they talk about it and their recruiting initiatives in the interviews, you know, and the, these um, applicants are also starting to reach out to and ask questions of people on LinkedIn who work in the company to say, what's your experience working at that company? Can, you know, do you mind if we get on a call and I ask you a couple of questions? So, you know, if a company does want to be competitive in attracting new talent, wellness initiatives are going to have to be a part of the game plan. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's also, so the European markets are actually ahead of this. Um, so we're a little bit behind um, in the, in terms of like really implementing wellness. And so in the European markets, we're seeing leaders who do re really deep wellness um, activities. Like they have breath work um, scheduled every single day for themselves. And um, they kind of call it like their secret sauce. That's why they feel like they're such great leaders and that they can sustain high stress environment situations um, for a longer amount of time. And so they do, it's very popular um, there to have like a meditative session and um, sound baths, all of these things that don't take much time, but are definitely beneficial. And so we're a little behind that. But that's, this is like the sweet spot of time, where even if you have something, and, and it doesn't have to be monumental, right? But even if you have something, you start small, and then you begin to build on that, that is going to attract top talent, because it's few and far between. And we're seeing now at a time where, um, you know, remember, we were talking about vacations and parental leave, and all of these things are what companies started implementing because people were asking for them. And so sometimes I think we're in kind of like a funny position where right now people aren't outright saying, 
uh, it'd be really great if a corporate culture had meditation. But I can tell you from what I've heard and, you know, all of the emails that I get or interactions that I have, they're like, we need this. How do we get this implemented into our everyday work life? And so if you already have that and people aren't really talking about it, you then have the opportunity to be a trendsetter, uh, a trailblazer, if you will, but also a role model to other people in your industry. And you will gain the talent that says, I want to be here and I want to be connected. And what's more is that when they're in the organization, when they have a connected leader, an empathetic leader that they can um, really relate to and feel like they can be themselves, even when they're stressed out, that retains um, employees. And so that amount of connection is directly a result of how long people will also stay at their jobs, even when it's super stressful. So if you have a leader or if you are a leader and you say, something as simple as how can I show up for you today? Imagine if your leader, right, you're having a meeting with your leader and the first thing they say to you is, how can I show up for you today? How are you actually feeling? How are you within? And you can drop your shoulders and say, okay, I'm really stressed about this project. I don't know how I'm going to finish it. I've really been trying so hard. I don't want to disappoint you, but I just don't know how I'm going to get this done without help. And that person says, oh, okay, I hear you. First of all, I want you to breathe. I want you to take a deep breath. How can I support you? What do you need? Do you need an extension? Maybe if that's not possible, can I get someone to help you for an amount of time? And even if it's not entirely immediate or possible with all the things that we would love to have, having someone express that and say, I see you, I hear you, I'm here to help you. Imagine how much longer you are going to stay at that company versus someone that says, I don't know, figure it out. It's due on Tuesday. Right. This is why we're so impactful to the organizations that we're within and the in organizations that we choose to work for, because little things like that really drive change over an amount of time. And we all win at the end of the day. That example you gave is such a perfect everyday scenario that I hear about. I have been working with um, some senior leaders of an organization. They're doing um, an extended version of the positive intelligence program. So we're learning some mindfulness techniques and how to get back in your body. And when I, you know, when we've done different modules and I've asked them to share like, okay, like what are some moments you've had recently where this has been very helpful to you? Several of them talked about in a team member coming to their office in a panic over something that was going on, like a customer service issue or a project that was getting derailed. And they said, okay, before we get into it, and we talked to detail, like, let's take some breaths, let's rub our hands together, let's right? And they've been able to help their team members like get in their body, calm down their nervous system. And then they were able to have a calmer conversation about, okay, how are like, what is going on? What are our resources? How are we going to solve this problem? It makes such a big difference when leaders have this in their repertoire and have these tools that they can use. It ripples across the organization. I'm just working with the senior team right now, but they are definitely have a ripple effect. Like when we go back to, you know, how you present and show up as a leader impacts everyone around you, when, even when you don't intend for it. 
to have an impact, it will. So that that is amazing. And Ton, if you could also talk more, one of the things that really intrigued me about you and the work you're doing with organizations is you interlock wellness initiatives and diversity, equity, inclusion, two initiatives that people tend to think of as two separate initiatives. You're like, no, 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 no. These are all interconnected. They come together. How do you approach both initiatives at the same time in organizations? That's a great question. So my stance on DE&I is that we really can't look outwards and, and figure out how we can be impactful to the world around us until we look inward. And what I mean by that is we really need to understand what our passions are, what the why is behind that. Like we all know that we should be inclusive, right? That we, we all know these things. We all, I like to think that we all want to see those things and come to fruition. We want to integrate them into our lives, right? We want to have this mindset, but we really have to ask ourselves why. And it's when we get to the why, then we can say, okay, this is what I'm passionate about. This is why I'm passionate about that. And this is the pathway that I'm going to choose to move in terms of DE&I. And so when we see injustices all over the place and all the time, sometimes corporations or sometimes people are in general, right? Or mostly corporations, <laughs> but they like to take the DE&I bucket and then they'll have um, usually really great about education or initiatives, whatever they want to do about that. But they tend to move or want to move in the same direction, right? So they'll, um, you know, do an education around gender diversity and um, racial equality, all of these things, right? So they'll create a program, have everybody in the organization go through it. Sometimes they build out committees. It's a whole thing. You know this, Jody, right? So they do all of that. But when you look at it through the wellness lens, every individual person that has a passion, who knows their why, if we all go in different directions, we can tackle more together. And so instead of trying to group it together and say, okay, everybody's going to get on the same page about gender equality, that might be important to some people. It might be passionate, right? Um, a passion thing for other people. But to some people, they might say, well, I really care or I might be more interested in racial injustice. And so those two people can take their passions and their why and go in those different directions and create their own committees and create their own passion projects around those things. We don't all have to walk in the same direction. But what we do have to do is say, how can I get to a place where I know who I am? I know what my shortcomings are. I know what my strengths are. And how do I affect the world around me, right? So I'm not looking at how you do it. I'm thinking about who is Tawn and how is she going to impact the world around her based on the things that I feel passionate about. And so when we do D&I through the wellness lens, sometimes we have to look to make sure that that why isn't rooted in trauma, in past hurt, in anger, in frustration, in urgency, right? All of those things are really beautiful emotions to have. But when you're trying to take steps forward and implement, we have to be sure that we're not moving from a place of, I want to fix this because A, B, and C. We have to move from a place of, I know who I am and I know what my strengths are so that I can make an impact to this thing because of those things that might be stirring inside of me. And so that's why I like to build them together. I do think that you have to balance that because 
Also, when you're further along through that program and through that journey, the more you focus on wellness, um, and again, I'm just going to say it again, being part of that whole really helps make DE&I learning easier because it strips away all of the labels and the boxes, if you will. And it says, okay, if I walk into a room, who am I going to learn from today? Am I going to be the student or am I going to be the teacher? You no longer look at gender, race, all of those other things. And it takes a very long time to get there, right? But when you walk into a space and you say, okay, I am either going to teach or I'm going to be a student today, that's where we see real change in terms of DE&I. You really break down those walls of how are you identifying right now? And you're saying, how can I connect to this human that is, you know, in front of me or beside me and we're working together as part of a whole. And so that's why I like to bring them together because they're really not separate. Um, to pair them together is is where we find the most potent healing and um, moving in that space. Yeah, I that was powerful. Thank you for sharing that um, and, and helping me and everyone listening get a sense of your philosophy and your perspective coming from this. And yes, I can absolutely see that when we approach DNI from a place of wellness, right? We we are addressing wellness and also appreciating every person's different passions and interests. Kind of like I think about um you know, fundraising or gifting, right? We all have different causes that we're really passionate about. We can't save everything, right? Mm -hmm. But I can do my part trusting that other people are, you know, donating or gifting towards the causes that they're really passionate about. And when we think about DE&I, because this is something I know I've had this conversation many times in different organizations it encompasses so many different aspects of humanity that to try to tackle all of them, you are going to fail at pretty much mm -hmm. all of them. So allowing different like subcommittees or subgroups within the organization, you know, address the ones that they are most passionate about. You, you're right. We'll go further faster because we're all doing what really interests us. So thank you for that. That was amazing. So okay. Welcome. Last thing before we say goodbye, tell us about what's going on in your business right now that you're really excited about. What's your passion project right now? Yeah. So my passion project is, um, so I'm building or, or planning a leadership summit. So I'm calling an impact leadership summit slash retreat too. So and it's a really cool way to, um, I've created a way to balance somehow corporate um, leadership development and wellness development, if you will. So personal and professional development. So I'm really, really excited about this because to be good leaders, um, whether it's within a corporation or just an everyday leader, um, we really have to get back to self, right? And going inward really helps us begin to flourish, not only ourselves, but those around us and strip away the title of whatever it is that we're doing and just bring our full selves, our authentic selves to the space that we're in. And so this is going to be a really fun uh, project because we're going to talk about resource sharing. 
So if people have passion projects, they want to connect them with the right people um, that are also aligned to what it is that they're doing, offer up resources. But we're also going to have some wellness stuff that's a lot of fun. So we're going to do some inner child work. Um, I'm calling it Bring Your Inner Child to Work Day. So we're going to talk about play languages and we're going to have a little bit of playtime. But we're also going to be there talking about strategy and how we can implement wellness into their corporate culture as well. So it is going to be an all around fun. We're going to hit on some of the leadership things, but kind of like leadership through the wellness lens um, and start from there. So it is going to be a blast. It sounds like a lot of fun. So Tan, um, let everyone know where they can find you, where they can connect with you, and also where they can find out more about the this leadership summit slash retreat. Absolutely. So if anyone wants to learn more, they can definitely go to the website, www.aniawell.com. Uh, they can also send us an email, info at aniawell.com. Um, reach us there. That goes to the whole team. So I promise you will not get missed. Um, and so you can always just send us an email. We don't have registration out yet, but that is pending. So it's the start of the new year. Um, and that is the best way to get up to date. You can always send us an email and say, I'm interested. Please don't miss me on this. And we'll make sure that you're kept in the loop with everything that uh, is Anaya. So that website is AnayaWell.com, A-N-A-Y-A-W-E-L-L.com. And you can find that link in the show notes for this episode. Well, Tan, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Women Taking the Lead podcast. If you are not yet subscribed to this podcast, hit the follow or subscribe button so you don't miss out on the upcoming episodes. And if you know of other women and men who can benefit from this episode, please share it with them. Most new discoveries come from our friends, family, and colleagues. So be that person for others. And as always, I hope this was of value to you and here's to your success.